welcome everyone to the film Vault That is Anderson and Brad Bedgeway hosts. For today, going to review some movies that were assigned to us. One assigned by Anderson, one assigned by a listener. Do we know who the listener is? Hey, you don't have it in your notes still? I don't have any. Really? Maybe I do. I don't know. Alex Simpson is the listener. I can't wait for everybody to show up. I can yell at him in person. Huge shout out to Alex Simpson. Thank you. I spoke with uh, Alex for 30 minutes yesterday. Oh, it's right there. Alex Simpson. Oh, there you go. And uh, yeah, hey kids. Hey, hey, big week. I'm excited. We got some stuff to talk about. Yes. Okay. It's these kind of weeks where there's not a giant movie hanging over our heads. Mm. We can we can uh, let loose, you know, to, to, to unbuckle, unbuckle the belts. Yeah, I don't know if you said the, the titles of what we're covering here. It's in the. It's I did in not. The, no, I did not. Dinner in America, signed by Anderson. Shit House, signed by uh, Mr. Alex Simpson. Anderson will be flick-fasting the new David Cronenberg movie. I saw Crimes uh, of the Crimes of crimes the Future. Of the future yes. And I saw that you had sent that to, over to Avery. And I'm like, am I bold enough to see the new? Of course you're not. No, I'm not. No. No. Hey. Uh, I got a two and a half star movie to uh, flick fast for y'all. I have a four and a half star movie to flick fast for y'all. And I have a five star movie <laughs> to flick. It's one of those weeks where uh, I am very excited to talk about the movies. Well, for the most part, two of the three. And uh, I have to admit that I, I, I'm, I'm aware of the film you are very much in love with because I heard you, you briefly uh, fawn over it on the afters. Yeah, I didn't do a proper uh, review of it or anything. No, I just, just threw tease. it around. I threw it to the guys because I wanted them to watch it. And my God, uh, when, when I, I say often, Brian, like, you know, this movie was not made for me oh. we just last week. Maverick, 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 <laughs> uh, Murphy's made. Law was not made for either one of us. I thought it was kind of made for you, but, uh, hey. you, you suggested it was not, uh, Dinner in America it's is the most a movie, movie I've ever seen that was years. made for me. Uh, a- absolutely. They yeah. focus grouped it with a bunch of you. They're like, what would Anderson It like? seems like it. Yeah, it seems like it. So I don't know if we just jump right into Dinner in America or do we get right into it? Do we, do we have anything else to talk about? Let me see. Let me see. We have a listener flick fashion. Uh, fan flexions, as you call them. Oh, we have fan We just have lots to talk about. I'm dying to know what to talk about. Avery's at his day job. He'll be here very shortly. Davery. Davery. Uh, and uh, what else? What else? Uh I should, I should point out that uh, we'll be doing mouthwatering beer scenes next week, but this week, really? our top five, yeah. That, that is a very specific topic. It's going to be fun. That's it, I'm already excited. To kick off summer, right? <laughs> I to may have to have a beer. Kick off the summer with mouthwatering beer. Uh, if, my elect- if my next liver test comes that clear, I can have beer with you. Don't make us all sad now, Brian. Sorry. Come on. I mean, it's just keep that to yourself. Yeah. Brian McCauley uh, Made will a career be, out of sharing that. Well, you kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> cottage industry. Give me some lemon tumors. I'll give you lemonade tumors. It's good. Uh, Macaulay, Brian Macaulay. That's his. Uh, what if I squeezed my tumor? He decides. Stop squeezing. He he's uh, he's a decider and uh, he is up. So Brian Macaulay. Uh, oh, he's, he sends over the beer sometimes. Yes, he does. You steal from hence hence the uh, the topic. And Will also, Brian be supplying us with beer for this episode. Yeah, I would imagine. And then also uh, Suspiria, the new one, will be watched by you and I. Uh, and then that that is uh, Matt, Rix, Matt Rixner uh, has assigned us oh. that one. So, but that's next week. That's looking down the road, Brian. This week, we are going to be doing the listener assigned topic of top five animated shorts. Oh, I'm a refreshing topic because this is not one. I, I can fairly confidently say we you and I would never have gotten around to this topic on our own. Exactly. And I am very happy that we did. And not only do I love this topic and love the research that went oh, into yeah. it. Same. Oh, my God. Uh, I propose that we pick a date here tonight or or, nec- or on the next episode when we're actually doing it uh, down the road this year where we revisit top five animated shorts. Sure. Or top it. five live action shorts or doc shorts. Uh, but I... 
I really want, I got a mixed, a mixed bag as far as like genres and feelings and, and what it evokes in you, uh, as far as the shorts that I chose, but we could have easily gone like, uh, touching, most touching animated shorts, true, true. funniest animated Mine shorts. Mine lean in one direction, but they're pretty, uh, there's, there's, there's some, yeah, there's some variety. Did you, like I did discover something new this week? Oh yeah. Uh, My number one is a movie that I watched <laughs> really? within the last uh, wow. 10 days. Yeah. I leaned, I leaned on some people who know this. It, should, I, I should say, uh, Casey McKinney is uh, the one who assigned us this and he's not just any listener assigner. He's the one, uh, decider. He is the, uh, the winner of the, the pool. Oh yeah. The Oscar, the Oscar, pool the Oscar guessing game. Second annual TFV Oscar pool. And he, uh, he won, uh, handedly. He missed only one category in the Oscars this year. There was only one category. You got to start charging $2. Every time you got to say this. Uh, he, he, uh, missed only one category. That category was animated, animated shorts. shorts. So therefore, uh, that's what he chose as the, uh, the topic. And, yeah, these animated shorts, a lot of them are overlooked, as you'd imagine. Uh, shorts in general are overlooked. A lot of times people are like, hey, did you see that David Cronenberg short uh, where he, he, he sidles up and cuddles his dead corpse? I'm like, no, you know, I haven't, I haven't had time to see that one yet, but I, I will one day, maybe even doing research. These are easily shareable. These are the kinds of things you can knock out while you know doing work. Some of these uh, you probably should not do it while we're uh, at work. Uh, I'll tell that story another time. I've told it before, but I, I watched a short, not an animated short, but a live action short. And uh, I got caught at a new job crying like a, like a small child. Uh, some of the ones on my list for this week, uh, I, I openly wept. And here's the thing that you don't know, Brian. Here's the thing you don't know. Uh, I'm about to know. I have a plan. Oh, really? Yes. As a thank you oh, to, no. to everyone who signed up for the $10 uh, Film Vault Live Movie Night Watch uh, Watch Along, uh, which is a new tier, our newest Patreon tier. There's a number of uh, people who have signed up for that, and uh, as a reward for that to them, I want to start doing like little fun things like this. Uh, I propose that we watch my not one, but my number one and two most favorite animated shorts, both very different, Brian. And uh, we're going to do a little video. It's not going to be live. Today? On, uh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I brought my good camera. We're going to uh, set this up. We're going to record us watching these two. You guys can watch along with us if you like. Uh, if you're at the $10 level, you will have access to these video uh, the files soon. And it's almost exhibitionist if I do end up crying again like I did when I watched the one. And uh, Casey... Uh, McKinney is the one who actually turned me on to my number two of all time. Wow. My number one and my number two are movies that I had not seen this week. before this research. Wow. I started researching this like two, three weeks ago. Okay. Probably. So uh, yeah, I talked to Casey as well. He has a podcast. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk. Be about I left. Well, believe it or not, there are so many good animated shorts out there, including some that I discovered just this week. I left one off my list that I actually wept in the theater while watching. Uh -huh. And I was like, yeah, I got to leave it off. It might the be list. the same one that uh, that I left off the list. Probably, mm, Does it have to do with eating? No, oh. no, I, I know what you're talking about, and that'll be represented. Trust me. All right, so that'll be on the <clears> list. You want to get to fan flictions? Yes, uh, we can't tell me what the listeners have seen. No, no, that's that's Avery's job. Who's Avery? Do I have to read it? You you, you know how terrible. What if he came things? in halfway through? I mean, he's, he's on his way. He'll window. be here any second. Let me look out the window. Stop with your fucking window. All right, here we go. Uh, fan flakes, Holmes. Hey, always, someone's here. Oh, that's a minivan. Brian, please close your shades. Uh, you can't handle your shades. All right, here we go. Mitch Burns uh, sends it uh, week in, week out. Thank you very much, Mitch Burns. 
uh, more of a producer than Avery, uh, really. If we if we uh, wow. like, take, step back and take a look at you know the breadth of what uh, just just pure work done. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, Half bread on Reddit. This is fan, fan fiction. Brian, tell tell the listener, the new listener, what fan fiction is. We uh, ask the listeners what they've seen in the past week. We do flick fashions. The listeners do flick fashions. They call it fan fictions. Uh, and a little segment where we see what the listeners have seen, or they confess the movies that they've seen since the last time we talked to you. All right, here half bread on Reddit. I don't know why you bother asking me to do it. I I just followed up with uh, just to fill it in in the blanks that you left there. Blanks, bro. No I saw Crimes of the Future. Says half bread on Reddit. Uh, my friends and I were excited to see Cronenberg's return to body horror. The movie was terrible. It seemed like it was all improvised, and no one had been given the same bullet points. On the ride home, we couldn't even make fun of it. Uh, it wasn't entertainingly horrible it was just terrible there were only the three of us in the theater and uh the rest of the city seems to have been smarter than us it's a little ha- hard half that's, a, that's a, someone's having fun with this one fan flexion however i uh, tend to agree with more of what half red said than than i disagree uh erica keller on Facebook, part of the uh, representing part of the eight percent there. I, you know what? Our eight percent can't be eight percent because we have a lot of interaction with the uh, with the ladies over. There. Well, you know the bitches are loud. Brian, Erica Keller on Facebook. Uh, we just saw Bob's Burgers, which came out last week. I really enjoyed it, and so did my husband and son. You don't have to be a huge fan to understand what is going on, but as someone who's seen every episode, I liked the nods to some meaningful characters. Also, I'm always in for a random musical number or two. Uh, finally, no, not, it's not true. Lauren, uh, Trotman, also part of the 8%, uh, this week wow. on fan fiction representing the 50%, Brian, 50% because there's four total and two of them are the ladies. Uh, Lauren Trout, Troutman on Facebook watched coherence on prime. It's a super low budget sci-fi drama that needs to be seen by everyone. Well, if you listen to this program, you've been listening for a long time. You heard me go on and on about coherence this probably back familiar. in 2013. And it is a, a, a mind fuck, really well executed, small, little independent movie. That's uh inspirational, no. ambitious. It's inspirational. as like, you know, if you're a filmmaker, a filmmaker or, yeah. or storyteller, one of these, you know, it all takes place in one place and uh, shit's going on outside. They're at a dinner table and it's, it's very good stuff. Coherence, not to be confused with com- com- compliance, which came out, I think the same year. And we loved compliance. And compliance did we did? was about the uh, McDonald's worker that talked, was talking. Fast food worker. Yeah, McDonald's. I don't think it's ever named in the film. And uh, she, and, and, uh, and, and her managers uh, getting phone calls from the police and uh, being, it's very good. Compliance is very good. And then finally, Bruce Perky, my boy. He's, uh, he's, he's part of me. I guess one third of me over there on uh, Cinematics, which is a, a far better uh, film podcast than this one, if I, if I were being honest. It's really mean. Might not be as fun, but it's probably smart. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> but Bruce Perky, Philly, he and Eric Holmes fill in with me uh, for me with uh, Greg Cervosti every uh, uh, the first of every month. And uh, I'd listen to the show on the way over here. It's very informative. Wow, that's really uh, conceited. Bruce Perky's uh, Watcher, Solid Woman in the Window, Paranoid uh, Gaslighter, a Thriller, Fire Island, the best romantic comedy. Was, oh, he's doing he's doubling up. Hey, Bruce, what are you doing? Easy, buddy. He also saw Fire Island, the best romantic comedy with some depth this year so far. Uh, this should be an easy one to find and enjoy. So Fire Island, uh, not to be re- confused with the Fire Festival, and then Watcher, which sounds like a reverse... Uh, rear window. window? Rear window, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brian. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's... Uh, Oh, let's right. see Avery. All right, let's get right into the movie. Uh, do we, where, do we, where, where do we start? Do we start with the listener assigned shit house, which is I would imagine you liked more than 
Dinner in America. Where do we start? I did enjoy Shit House better than uh, than uh, Dinner in America. Not by much. I enjoyed them both. Uh, but uh, I, I was. We'll get to it in a minute. But I I, I was thinking a number of times uh, through. What was the movie? What was the movie you were watching with your wife, possibly fiance at the time, possibly girlfriend uh, at the time? But uh, they're all like, the same person. She's like, this could not be more you, or this is the most you movie ever. I don't know. Oh, 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 oh. Bobcat Goldthwait's uh, Tara oh, Limbar's God Bless America. Yeah, she, she had leaned over at the screening. She was sitting next to Bobcat, and I'm sitting on the other side of her. She was like wedged in between us at an uh, early screening of the New Beverly. God, this is like such Hollywood shit that I'm, talking, I'm, I'm saying, but it's, it's, all, it's all true. It's we're independent. There, we're there with Mike Corona. And uh, oh, you just downgraded she, she leans over and she says, did you write this movie? And I was like, my heart sank. I'm like, God, I hope Bob doesn't hear this. Cause it's like, no, he wrote it. The dude sitting next to you. Sitting next there. to the guy. Oh, look, Avery's here. Oh, is he really? Oh, look at that. Avery uh, just pulled up and uh, he's interrupting. Maybe my favorite. Yeah. This is my favorite movie. I'm t- I thought we were talking about shit house. No, we're talking. Oh, we want to do the shit house. How are we going to do Alex this? Simpson. All right, let's do Alex. Let's do Alex Simpson's uh, shit house. Alex, Alex Simpson, Simpson assigned us shit house, the winner of our uh, film vault Oscar pool. That's not true at all. God damn, you're hard to work. Oh with. no, he was the. That's the Oscar short. Yes, he paid good money. Oh, Alex Simpson it. did to, to assign us shit house, which is a movie that I would have caught up with. Uh, anyways, I feel terrible. You should. You should feel absolutely like ass because you don't pay attention to shit. I pay attention to something. No, you really don't. All right, Avery, come on in, buddy. Uh, we're talking, and we're in the. Ah, this is a shit. We haven't even started shit house. Should we start the whole show over? Absolutely not. Shit house, the 2020 film written and directed by Cooper Rafe. Cooper Rafe, uh, starring Cooper Rafe and uh, Dylan Galula. This is a real two-hander, Anderson. Uh-huh. A real two-hander. I would say so. Yeah, two-hander. Well, it's three-hander because that actually opens up with a whole lot of the roommate. Oh my God, Brian! No, you're right. Yeah, doing does, doing shows with you. Yeah, right. The middle, the, the second are, act the, the is, is a two hander. The roommate's a very minor part of the film, and that's absolutely untrue. In the, in the second act, is a very minor part of the film. <laughs> yes, he's a, a major part of the film in the other acts. This is why we need to talk about this spoiler because I want to talk about this movie for sure. We can talk to, about it to, to a certain extent, but I don't want to talk about all three acts. But I would like to do that with you, just not on the regular show because it'll it'll fuck people up. I don't want people to watch this movie. This is a great. This is a great movie. Ninety-four percent Rotten Tomatoes. Is this streaming on Showtime? That's where that. Here's that, the problem. This is a, my... this is a fun little story. Oh. If you call if you call tragedy fun, I was watching this movie May thirty-first, right, and I was enjoying it quite a bit, and I was very happy that Alex Simpson had uh, assigned this this movie, and he's not the only one who told me that I should watch it. I've been getting emails spir- uh, sporadically since uh, it's it's become available. And uh, I'm like, great, let's watch this. So I was watching it as I do for the show, and uh, they were they were climbing a mountain to to bury a turtle. Yes. So it's about the halfway point, and I'm like, I just gotta I gotta close my eyes because I gotta take the boy to to school in like five short hours. So I did that, thinking once I took him to school, I'd bang out the other half, which I don't like to do, but every now and again I gotta it has do to that. Happen. And if it's a good movie, it can it can it can. A lot of time, if it's a bad movie, I was like, I gotta go through this. If sometimes this is great. It doesn't matter. It'll suck it right back woke, in. Woke up in the morning, June 1st. Showtime, uh, I guess the run on Showtime had oh, run no. out. Oh, And this fucking movie is only available for rent, like 14, no, for purchase, $14, $15. I'm like, Alex, uh, what's going on here? So I- I do enjoy this movie, but I'm not paying $14 for half a film. I, uh, I shook some trees and made some uh, some contacts, and uh, I ended up getting this uh, a screener link to, uh, to to knock out the rest of it. I appreciate that. And, yeah, for Brian as well. So can this be rented anywhere? As of right now, no. I feel bad no. for our listeners. Because he, he's got a new one coming out, 
uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth, mm. uh, which uh, played at Sundance, and Apple TV is going to have that. And I think maybe they're just kind of trying to get people. I don't know why they're doing this. I hate when they do this. You know, I am all for the, the filmmakers to make money, obviously, but I don't understand the model where it's like they're only making the, the only way to see it is to purchase it. I mean, it feels like a real barrier entry. It feels to me like it's going to like push people to uh, find ways to pirate, or what they wouldn't have thought of doing so. Well, that's what uh, we did. No, we didn't. I got a screener fucking like. I got a, I got a link sent to me from someone. Yeah, from me. That oh. I, I did the legwork. My is that you? God, bruh, bruh. Any description of this movie I could give, I do not believe would do it justice because I was trying to think how I describe this movie. I think the best I can do is like, it's kind of a before sunrise for this modern, there for are modern generation. Parts of that for sure. The second but act it, but, is definitely that. Then again, it's, it's very dissimilar to that. So I, where do we go with this? It's, it's a, I can start off by telling you I liked it. It's a classic, uh, boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy, maybe does meets, you know, re meets girl mm. or not. You know, I'm not, I don't want to give away uh, what happens. It's got uh, a little, uh, uh, licorice pizza to it in the sense that they're, Kind of dancing around each other for an extended period. Well, not extended period in this movie. The movie only takes place over 48 hours, but uh, for the entirety of the film. So it's college experience, modern day college experience, like Brian alluded to. And just to give you a vibe of the movie, it's very creative. It's very clever. And uh, Raif, uh, the, the guy that wrote it, directed it, stars in it. Cooper He's, Rafe. Cooper is a force to be reckoned with. I mean, this kid can tell stories. He's like a prodigy, it seems like to me. Like the, he knows the rhythms. He knows the beats. It opens up with him in his dorm room with his... Crazy. We should point out he is the star of the film. I'm getting the buzz. I'm getting the buzz. Oh, sure. When you, the when you, it was when you moved your computer, Brian. You gotta, sure, I'm sorry. You gotta, it's, it's like we just started doing the podcast. and I hear nothing for what it's worth. It's gone. Okay. Oh. So it opens up with uh, Cooper's character, uh, whatever his name might be, sitting on his dorm bed with next to uh, his, his roommate is across you know the dorm, so he's like five feet away. And uh, Cooper's having a one-sided conversation. Oh, it's two-sided. It's a dialogue with it's his true. stuffed you animal. See the dialogue. With his like uh, little wolf stuffed animal. Uh, and there's I was hoping that would subtitles. go on longer, Or be more of a running thing throughout the film. I didn't need it. It just showed that I, I, I think what he was setting up there is Cooper is a lone wolf. Cooper is uh, a bit... He's, he's, he's still a bit Alex of an... Alex, Alex is still a little bit maybe immature, maybe... He's still got a stuffed animal, so he's still got the soft child side to him. seems to be the only thing he confides in. And he's talking, and we see that it's clever. We see the subtitles, and there's some witty back and forth. And uh, it, it, the the lone wolf thing is was necessary to see, you know, that this kid doesn't really have friends. He relies on himself, but he's the his stuffed animal is suggesting that he make friends with his roommate and get to a party and you know socialize. His roommate's a little bit basic. It's a proxy for his like his mom and his dad, mm -hmm. essentially this stuffed animal, and that's that's all you know revealed right off the bat in a clever, fun way. Uh, yeah, his roommate is hilarious. He's like a Michael Sarah type stoner. Like, who is He's that not guy? Like Michael Sarah. I I just I looked more as a, as a bro. He was more of a bro type. He was constantly about getting wasted, telling stories about puking. He too is a lone wolf, though. Like he, it's not, you know, he was a rejected uh, open micer. He doesn't really have friends. Mm -hmm. he, he, you know, he's he's kind of like a farmer. Tell about farmer. the roommate. I'm talking about the roommate. Yeah. No. He's kind of, he, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Now that I'm talking about it uh, from like 16 candles. I didn't get that vibe at all. I got a more, almost a more malicious vibe. Like he was kind of a dick. Oh, he's definitely a dick. Okay. 
He's just he because he, you're naming like nerds and like sympathetic he's, characters. He's like a modern day nerd though. Like he didn't have friends. Like he would make things happy happen. But he he was an alcoholic, drug addict. I don't think he looked. Okay, we're splitting hairs. I think we're saying the same thing. He wasn't I don't cool think he looks any. at himself as a nerd. I think he thinks he's the coolest fucking. He's guy faking it till he makes it. Yeah. You know what he kind of represented, and maybe I'm I'm reading too much into this, but you know Cooper seems like he's he's got his finger on the pulse type. You know this kid, he's 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 a smart smart as a whip. I can, you can tell it just. Watch it. up on things. Maybe he was representing mumblecore, right? <laughs> Interesting. I think maybe he was representing that type of And they of were vibe. both thrown in the same dorm as though two filmmakers would be thrown into, you know, the same filmmaking world. And then they end up meeting in the middle uh, to an extent. But yeah, Cooper, Alex uh, in, the, in, in the movie, he, he's, he's got this real s- homesickness going on. There's real pathos to it. And I actually felt it. I felt the, the the homesick I related to it and uh, what Every, ends up, uh, waters for closures only. Oh Jesus Christ! You, you had to keep going. Did that did that add anything? He's getting water from my fridge. It's for closures only. Yeah. You, you see, you're doing. A, I guess it's a music. I mean, a, a, movie, a movie quote. <laughs> you really came around on that. Uh, I mean, I didn't really come around. So yeah, so he's in his dorm room. He's a fish out of water. He's and he's experiencing things much the same way a lot of us would. I think, especially if we were just really truly experienced instead of just trying to go with the flow like his roommate was like yeah you know this is what college is you know like, we're all like pieces of shit we're all we're all treat like everyone like assholes and uh, you know we're all selfish and we don't give a fuck and we just get as wasted as we can and we try and fuck as much pussy and he's like what but why why are we doing this guys we we don't have to act like this and interesting then he, and, i hadn't thought that deeply about their their interaction and then he uh he meets uh, alex meets the uh, ra that lives on his floor maggie and, uh, you know, they, that's when the um, before sunset and before sunrise. They, sure. The, the, the entire ladder. second act becomes them walking and talking. Yes. And it's all centered around a dead little turtle. And it's it's cute. And it's, it continues to be very, very smartly written. And then uh, the third act uh, becomes a whole nother thing. And Brian, I got to tell you, by the end of this movie, like it got me. It sunk its claws. Did it? Did, did it bring out emotion in you? Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I was. Um, I felt very sympathetic for the uh, the Alex character. He was a very sweet boy and uh, was going through some things. And I looked at it almost like I looked at a kind of a mirror, a reverse mirror image of Bellflower. Where it was oh like, yeah, yeah. When I was talking to Alex, I I cited Bellflower. Oh, that's really? a great, Yeah, it's a great call. Bro. Yeah, I'm like, this is about one thing, but really, it's about like the pain of like you know, first love, first crush, whatever. It it really does. I think uh, the highs illustrate. And I should have the highs and lows. It illustrates that from the from a male perspective as well, if not better than Bellflower. I haven't seen something that did it this accurately and this effectively since Bellflower. It was very very different vibe, different tones of the movie, but it's after the same thing, and I feel like. This did it as effectively, if not better than Bellflower. I haven't seen Bellflower in some time, but they're both about teen, uh, early 20s, mm. like male, like heartbreak. Right. And what was interesting with this one is he's a, he's a little pab, right? right? Alex is right. a little but pab. In both, in both examples, Bellflower and this, I think there there's at least the best friend character or the roommate character who's held up as a sort of, paradigm of masculinity you know drinking and doing whatever and not even masculinity i think just like the like not to disagree with you but like he's more like the the common experience that every other man right and we got an outlier and alex who's like but why i can't function like this and i gotta say i i related to that quite a bit more than i like to admit where I tried to be like that that guy that just said, fuck it, we're banging and you know, all that stuff. And, and I just couldn't do it. And I would look at, now with her, 
character and she was damaged goods, right? And he fell for her. And then we see her reaction to that. And that was just love line. That, that was like a love, a, a, love, a number of love line calls strung sure. together all playing out on screen. And it was very accurate and, right? Well, let me ask you this. Is that Avery, uh, Avery's here, by the way. Uh, Avery, turn the mics off. Um, uh, I don't want people to hear this. Oh, he's that, joking. He doesn't that, want you to. Is that why, is that why you brain. texted me uh, that uh, you've been there? You've been there, man? No, that was I was quoting the roommate. That was one of the funniest things the roommate said. Oh, I didn't pick up. Did on you that. not watch this? Movie, I watched Brian? the movie. Did, I were liked you watching it. it in the background? I was driving. Avery, did you watch it? I did, did not get the chance to watch. Both well, of you guys, booming. get the fuck out of here. What am I doing over here? What I, I know. I'm just gonna start I, a I new show like, with I, myself. I, I do like that Brian understood it just as little as I did though with the context. Yeah, and you <laughs> didn't see it at all. Like, I don't know. Must be some. Must be some. So there's there's some heartbreak because I you know I gave away the boy meets girl, boy loses girl, and then you know they have a one night stand essentially. Did he ever really have her? And then the ne- and the next morning she's like, yeah, dude, that was, that was what it was. And he's just like, why are you acting like this? She's, you know? At one point she's like, oh, you're still here. And but it's not over the top comedy. This is all based in reality. This is based in very real. Yeah, this is this is a, a grittier but movie than you know we're describing. Hilarious though. And so he's talking to his roommate about it the next morning, and he's trying to like connect with his roommate or just you know pour his heart out. And his, and he tells him everything that happened and how she just doesn't give a shit about him anymore. And his roommate's like, yeah, man, I, I've been there. And he's like, you've been there? Yeah, this is happening? He was like, no, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, I've been there. Yeah. He's like, but, but that means you've, and that was, that was. I had forgotten about this. But one. that was a perfect example. It was, it was a microcosm of the rest of that guy's experience, which the entire movie really is everyone just kind of going with the flow and saying shit that they didn't mean and it didn't mean anything. But Alex was always there going, but what do you mean by he's that? He's very earnest. Yes. Did it give you kind of a Tyler White vibe? Yeah. No, yeah, more really? like more like grounded Pete Davidson, like nerdy. Wow, Pete I didn't Davidson. see that coming. Yeah, he seemed like a, a nerdy Pete Davidson. He resembled Tyler physically. You're obsessed with uh, Tyler White. I don't I'm know not. what's going on. I'm not. But you uh, had the questions about I, him uh, before the show began. Crop. I want to know if he's okay. <laughs> he did. I want to know if he's okay. He's fine. Is he okay? He's fine. He's been there. He's a cultural icon. I can't you gotta believe- love Ty Ty. He's what? Cultural icon. He's a cultural icon. <laughs> Listen to me. Is he okay? How have you not seen? Uh, uh, how, did, how did you not pick up on that? I've been there. I forgot. It was about one of the funniest exchange. exchanges I've seen in a long time. In retrospect, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I offered Tyler a job this week. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Please take him off my hands. Say, <laughs> so Logan's the one who needs a job. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I meant to call Logan. Son of a bitch. Sorry, See, we, I, we both forgot a, things. Bit of an uh, outburst there. I we both forgot things. I feel like things. that was an overreaction. I forgot the line from the roommate. I meant to and call Logan to, call to see if, uh, hey, I don't. You forgot to reach out to our, our heartbroken friend. And I forgot not to get COVID. I'm gonna, yeah, it's the first time we've seen it since the COVID? <laughs> yes, Jesus is. Christ, it feels like I just saw you, buddy. I forgot I have a gift for you. Oh. A very exciting gift. A gift that I promised you eight months ago. It's all right. It's, it's arrived. Oh, it's yeah. oh I'm excited. Uh, but I forgot it. So uh, oh, okay. next week, it's hey, if you're here next week. Uh, Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the monkey pox, though. We'll see. <laughs> Bird flu is back, apparently. All right. So that's Dinner in America. I highly recommend this that's movie. Not Once, Dinner in America. No, that's, that's not Dinner in America. That's uh, Alex's story. <laughs> we, Shit house. Shithouse, yes, which uh, is an unfortunate name, too, when you're searching for it on your uh, Roku. It is. A lot of people... uh, That name doesn't factor that heavily into the plot. It does. It's a minor detail. He's in a dorm house, which is a shithouse to him because he hates it because he doesn't line up with it. It's not working for him. I understand, but I understand what you're saying. That said, there's a lot of themes they could have gone with for a... Basketball house. 
Basketball. Hey, now you got any playing time? So the first, the first part of the first act is takes place at a, a what is it a frat house called the shit house, right? Or is it just a party house called the shit house? Well, the the, the first, yeah, they're in their dorm and they there's like, hey man, there's a party tonight at the shit house. And then the second act is just him doing that thing, which many of us have done, where you meet somebody and you stay up all night talking to them and you feel like you've known them forever and it's kind of like, I guess, mini love affair. Mm-hmm. And it was done. It's funny because I was. I was really liking the movie. And then as they're like walking down the hill, I think, or up the hill and right before the softball, midnight softball game, I'm like, okay, I'm not liking this movie as much anymore. But then by the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, it was all necessary. Like they had to really show that there was a real connection there for the rest. Metaphor to go uphill than downhill. That might've been there. I mean, you know, the loft not goes into most movies. I don't like yours. I mean, yours is going to be like, how do I wedge myself in here? And let's tell my story. It's going to be really easy. Yeah, that is a lot of thought to wedge. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of thought behind it. I don't know how much preconceived uh, thoughts going to go into yours, other than just like you'd be surprised. Yeah, Yeah. themes. You got any themes? I got themes. Yeah, got themes. Are the themes you? (laughs) Here's the theme I'm thinking of. The theme is um, uh, bald heroes. Themey. (laughs) Themey. Bald heroes. All right. Yes, that's dinner. That's not dinner. That's not dinner. (laughs) Can we talk about the best movie I've seen? I'm going to oversell this movie, but I'm not trying to. I'm excited for this. I'm going to oversell Dinner in America uh, as, as much as you can imagine. I'm going to start by saying this. It's, it's my favorite movie I've seen <laughs> since A Ghost Story. <laughs> <laughs> Six years ago. Which was your favorite movie the last 20 years, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie is not that great, but it is. <laughs> it is. This is a five-star fucking movie, which I rarely give out, Brad. Dinner in America is a 2022 film written and directed by Adam Remeyer. I'm going to say Remeyer. Uh, starring Kyle Gallner and Emily Skaggs. Also, let's do Andrew. This one, this there's one other characters. There's other characters, of course, but uh, the, the film largely uh, lives and dies on their uh, relationship with their performance. 91% of Rotten Tomatoes, so not quite as good as uh, uh, Shit House. Where can this be? I, I had a hard time finding where to... Is this even out yet? So, yeah, it comes out uh, the seventh, uh, which That's is today, today, I guess. Yeah, or, or this Friday, I guess it comes out. It, uh, it's in theaters right now. Oh, uh, limited like New York, LA, like in a couple of theaters, like yeah. the Draft House. I would have loved to have seen in the Draft House. It's just hard to tell the wife that I'm leaving dinner to go <laughs> downtown, downtown LA. Downtown. It takes like an hour and a half to get <laughs> to watch there. a movie I've seen. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to say who, but a friend of mine. Uh, came across a file of this movie because it's been released in other parts of the world. I could not get to the bottom of what the what the problem was with the distribution over here. Rights, bro. But before I moved, which is eight months ago now, so at least eight months ago, maybe nine months ago, I got this file sent to me. Jesus, by it's a been friend that of long. Mine. Yeah. And he said, Anderson, you're going to love this movie. I'm like, yeah, I hear that a lot. And I said, mm. I'll get to it. I He's said, right. I said, hey, where, where can this be seen? He's like, hey, it's not released over here yet. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to watch a movie that no one can watch and talk about it on the program. Uh, in retrospect, thank God I did not watch this movie eight, nine months ago. You would not have been able to not talk about it. it. It would be so frustrating to everyone listening who, you know, it might be curious. You're like, or have, is number one. Have similar taste as mine. Uh, so, yeah, did you, you, you set the whole thing up? Uh, I said 91% of Rotten Tomatoes, and I Which said- Which is uh, all that matters. <laughs> uh, <there's> a, <laughs> that's the end. What else do you need to know? This movie- uh, oh. I will observe that this, I, I, I think- I think I picked up on this before I was like, oh, Anderson's going to fucking love this movie. Uh, it's, it's Buffalo 66. Oh, my God. Very yeah. heavily influenced, Buffalo 66. The opening scene. 
perhaps. Not not even the opening scene, the second dinner no, scene. the whole construct of the film. Not the whole construct. It's maybe not quite. So I'm not saying it's. It's a, obviously it's a, influenced by Buffalo 66, uh, yes. as you can tell by watching the second scene. I'm not saying it's a ripoff or even an homage. I'm saying that. It might be an homage. There, it might be an homage. The construct of the film, the, with the, uh, the the very uh, societal outsider uh, coming into this very mainstream family situation while pursuing the daughter and horrifying the family, yes. is is a very direct comparison. But it was his family in Buffalo Six. He brought her back to his family. True. House in, so uh, Houston. But you see both families in this movie. Yeah, I I want to be really careful because so the, the I can't say you see both families. No, you really can't because that's a reveal. I'm not going to point out for reveals, though, but. Avery, whenever you feel like it's been spoiled for he you, he hasn't you seen it. He hasn't raise, seen that's Dinner. That's what in I'm America. saying. When you feel like it's been spoiled. Brian, someone who's never seen a fucking. Are you serious? That's how exactly you should be saying it. Like, oh, I feel like this is spoiling spoil for me. Oh, a, tw- a, a twist that you will know is coming. Be- I'm not going to do any twists. Soylent simply... people. Soylent green is people. Does that feel like a, like, like a spoiler of the movie? That's, that's a reveal. It's absolutely a reveal. But he I wouldn't know. know that if he hasn't seen the fucking movie. He would have no idea. He would have no clue. He'd be like, Soylent green? What is Soylent green? It's, it's people? I have no idea. I never. I don't know why he sounds like you. I never <laughs> dreamed you'd get this upset while discussing your new favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you watch the. Uh, so the movie is strung together through. Uh, it's called Dinner in America because it's it's there, there's a number of dinner scenes in, in, in this movie. Which at one point that phrase is uttered. Uh, is that a spoiler? No, it's not a spoiler. But uh, the opening scene is he's <laughs> he's in. It seems like a psych ward, but it's not. It turns out to be. Uh, he's getting paid to uh, test out drugs, right? Uh, mm. Pharmaceutical uh, company. He doesn't, doesn't look well. No, and uh, they're asking him questions, and, and then they bring out the dinner, and he's drooling and, and heaving. And I, I made a massive mistake of Jillian and I got uh, some lunch the other day, and uh, I had to start watching this movie, and uh, I begrudgingly sat down. Whenever I have to watch a movie, I'm, I'm a little pissed at first. I'm like, all right, I'll fucking watch this thing. I'm like, I'll take a you chance. You love movies, and you hate being told to watch movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sit That's down. A real I'm like, insight into Anderson's psyche. <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, all I know is that I've been told I'm going to like this movie. I'll take a chance and push play with the with the wife <laughs> in the room. Didn't work That's out well. Mistake. Didn't turn out well at all. Avery, should I? It'd be a real cruel thing to do, but should I? Like go all in and love this movie and, and risk that Anderson would like it less. No, no, no. You can't do that. You can't. It, it's it's. It's untaintable. I fucking loved this movie. It's untaintable. I, I'd be shocked. I'd be I've proud of you. I'd be proud of you for loving this movie. So the second scene uh, is also a dinner scene. Uh, I guess it's like the third scene, but it's the second big set piece scene where they're not out walking to a bus stop. He and that girl that invite him back to the house. Uh, so it's it's very early in the movie and he's sitting at a girl's house. And I'd forgotten how he got back to her house. Leah Thompson, they walked. Leah Thompson is at the table and she's kind of giving him some like come hither vibes, which you can't help but think about back to the future, right? With oh, interesting. That. Yeah, with you. Okay, sure. Yeah. So it's got back to the future vibes at this one, in this one scene. It's got Buffalo 66 vibes and it's definitely got heavy Napoleon Dynamite I wrote vibes. that down. I wrote down the Buffalo 66 meets Napoleon Dynamite. And uh, also Hesher to an extent. I wouldn't know. Uh, you haven't seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Hesher? Hesher's great. All right, so it's got those four movies. I love that movie. But it's still its own thing. It's like a hard R Napoleon Dynamite. Now, the first 15 minutes of this movie, right through the uh, the initial uh, crime that is committed at this house that we won't get into, uh, I'm like, fuck this guy. Fuck this movie. It's trying to be something that I don't know if uh, it is. And 
I'm not even sure where it just won me over. I think maybe when we start to see Emily's performance, Emily plays a uh, mentally challenged, probably on the on the spectrum uh, character who is uh, picked on by track star by by track athletes. She's called a horrible name. Yes, uh, dude. The N word is is uttered early on in this sweet. in this movie. Uh, we see Gotta a homeless see man, homeless man uh, taking a dump in the in a. Uh, uh, and I, I wrote that down too. I didn't know if you'd like. It. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> so that's why it's not 100 percent made for me. Okay. But pretty much every other decision made. <laughs> and this guy's been at it. He's been making movies for a while. Like he's got some horribly uh, re- reviewed movies that uh, the come before is this throw, one. is bandied about one time. One time, but one time. quite freely, quite loudly. Quite freely, but you know it, it made sense because you had to hate this fucking family for what came next not to be as vile as as it was. So, and it was a joyful Edward. Yeah, it was like, watching a football. They were watching a football game, and it was uh, an N word on his team that he was rooting for right. with his odd, weird son. So, this movie is so fucking punk rock, son. and you do end up loving this character. And and what the I was, guy who says the N word or the other? No, guy? the yeah. guy who says the N word. Bill. Bill is a very small <laughs> part. Uh, you should point out that this guy is the. Is it revealed to be what he does for a living? Because no, be some, careful. I didn't say. Yeah, that's the real. That's that's where it's, what I'm but. Sorry, I'm dominating because I love this movie so much. I get chills talking about this movie. Uh, the characters are so much fun. The dialogue was dork. so much fun. Uh, and I am, I know. Uh, I'm total dork when it comes to movies. Uh, but then where it ended up going with the story and the reveals and the satisfaction that you got from, the, or at least that I got from the reveals, it was like a real good, tight-knit story. Well, it's funny. I had the same, I had a similar reaction to you as I remember early in the movie. I'm like, it's, it, it's, it's too much, too fast. It's it's trying to be something, and it's 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 really going for it. But then it kind of settles in, and it's got a really bizarre, fun, weird vibe. Yeah, and, and it kind of keeps it. Like early on, I was like, I don't know. I don't, it had, you know, know what I it had this for ninety minutes. What another influence that I have not brought up, and this is this movie is just not a collection of influences. I mean, it's even though we've cited so many other movies, God bless America, but it's got some fatty boom boom in it from uh, D Antwoord because uh, Ninja, oh. he directs his own music videos and it's definitely got some fat, uh, some, some D Antwoord uh, vibes for their music video vibes early on with the editing and how it goes with the music and punches in on the guy. And there's also a puke in the cold open, which again, I, I, I thought you might, uh, you know, maybe it's a part that kept you at arm's length. I mean, it made my wife very upset and she was trying to enjoy her in and out and she's just like terrible. Why every time you watch a movie and I'm in the room, it's something like this. And then she heard me cackling. She heard me reacting for the rest of the next two hours and then she was in the back room and she's and she just came out and just shake her head. I'm like, honey, this is so fucking good. She's like, no, it's terrible. What's going to happen when Atticus is old enough to watch these movies? Is he she going to put the kibosh? Or is she going to let he's, you he's subject him to this? an alliance. I can't wait. I just can't wait to she, say, hey, <laughs> to revisit some of these movies with the boy. Oh, Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what, what makes this movie sing for me is the satisfaction. You do end up, it, there is an arc where I don't think Buffalo 66 has a ton of an arc with his character. Uh, maybe, okay. Uh, no. But this one has rewatchability. This is the kind of thing that I'll put on in the background while I'm cleaning the garage. You I know? did have some good chuckles at uh, one of the later dinner scenes that involves, I'll just say, involves milk. Everyone's drinking milk and involves uh, group prayer. Mm-hmm. That was very funny. There's some, dude, fuck Tanzania is one of my favorite lines uh, that I've heard in quite some time. I fucking love it. Fuck Tanzania. <laughs> I think that might've been the moment where I'm like, all right, this guy's fucking sweet. I know I'd seen him once before. He's been acting since he's a child. He's got like 60 credits or something. Uh, Kyle, uh, the, the lead who plays Kyle, Simon. Kyle Gallner. Gallner. Yeah. I, I saw, last time I saw him was in, uh, 
uh, it doesn't matter. It was a a dream. band band of robbers, which was neither here nor there. It was, it was an okay. Greg Zervosti loved it, but uh, I did. I do not love it. But uh, I loved him in this uh, playing. This is very punk rock, very anti-establishment, and uh, it's got a song that is. It's got a number of songs, but there's a song. I one song in particular. Yeah. About a cracked uh, uh, watermelon. Let the air inside me. I can't stop listening to that song. Right? Is that the one that she sings? Yeah. I don't like it. Because you're dumb. Sorry. You're a very stupid person. <laughs> you know what? It could be. It could be because I'm dumb. Yeah. It, it's mainly because you're dumb, I would imagine. My wife is in the room. Well, I mean, I, 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 I mean, how could you not? I mean, she knows. <laughs> how could you not like this? I can't stop listening to this song. It's unfortunate because there's a lot of fuck words. And my, my son has to listen to the fuck words every morning when we wake up. I'm brushing, well, I'm brushing my teeth. I have to listen to the song when I wake up. Just listen to when she comes in. It's so good. Yeah, this was this reeked of. You're terrible. This is the worst of the mid '90s. I'm kind of into it. It's a really good song. <laughs> when did this movie take place? Doesn't matter. I was curious. Because actually, this makes sense for this type of song if it's like early mid '90s. No, it doesn't. What? This has a early mid '90s vibe on the, the movie. See, well, first of all, the movie there's like cassettes and Polaroids and. There's tape decks. There. I think that she's the type of person that would be in an analog because she's on the spectrum and she's, uh, you know, we're going to be watching that movie that by Sia later uh, in this year called the what? Music, the, the the film by Sia where she took a beating because oh, yeah. she uh, cast like, a bunch of yeah, normies as as uh, people on the spectrum, as people with autism, but there are normies and she took a, a beating. Do Can't do that. Uh, you should not do that. But uh, with in cases like this where it's not really, you know, called out that she absolutely is that. In this movie, I think you give it a pass to, you know, it's a representation. It's funny. I never once thought she was on the spectrum. I thought that she was just like one of like, uh, like Molly Shannon's character. When SNL. she dances to psyops, you realize immediately that she's on the spectrum, right? No, I disagree. But to me, she was, uh, remember Molly Shannon? Yeah, yeah, she was on the, the spectrum. Mount Mary Catherine Gallagher. She was on, she was somebody. I thought she was like an excited girl, like horny girl. She, a corny teenage girl. Person. She she was probably somebody who might be a uh, some some. Have you are, are you watching uh, Love on the Spectrum? You made me watch it, right? Yeah, but they got the U.S. version. It just oh really? Uh, I just watched yeah. the the latest six episodes. My God, oh, I'm so far behind. I got to so watch good. Kenobi. Huh? I I still have to watch Kenobi. Obi Wan Kenobi. No, you don't. You don't of course you. God, you're amazing. Anderson, basic, I'm a, star, I'm a Star Wars man. guy. Oh, I'm a Star Wars. Nerd. Oh, you one is brutal. It. I'm a Star Wars nerd. All right, we got to uh, take a break here. We got to. We do? Uh, yeah. No, we do? We're, breaking. we're talking feels, Bray Bray. Oh, feels? is it time? I should take some feels right now just to deal with you. You, know you really saying? should. <laughs> no, you're so much more pleasant the one time you did. <sighs> it was pretty good. Uh, feels, makes, feels makes everything better. Save that, save that for the read, buddy. Coming up next, feels. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you. We talk about what comes at the other side of the break. Brian. Just realized that I tease an ad. Coming up next, a string of two minutes of breaks. Ah, <laughs> uh, Brian. He said it so confidently, though. I liked it. <laughs> I was into it. Brian, I need you to engage, all right? You need a little feels to be focused? Uh, I feel like feels helps with a lot. I don't know if it would help with It focus. absolutely helps me with focus. Really? Yeah. Oh, how about that? We have different chemistry. That's probably true. Yeah. You said uh, going into the break that uh, feels makes everything better. It does. Wow. Go ahead. Read some feels. 
Anderson's leaving. Uh, we have both used and enjoyed Fields. Uh, wow, it feels like for many years now they've been on board the show. And they're back. F-E-A-L-S Fields, their high-quality premium CBD. Anderson brings out, oh, like a Tic Tac size container of Fields. He's going to make they himself. The, they got the mints now, which is oh, fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Go ahead. Good stuff. Uh, feels like I said, high quality premium CBD. I've been using it. I used it throughout my cancer treatment. No, uh, oh, no big deal. I feel like uh, this would be good on a date. You just pop a little mint in there. I was yeah, talking yeah. about cancer. Yeah, 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 for sure. Brian cancer. was talking about cancer. I mean, we're all, we've heard that you like cancer, okay? <laughs> I'm an enthusiast. What can I say? <laughs> Guys, start feeling better with feels for reals. Oh, should, they should add that. I just popped one. Yeah? Yeah. We'll see the that effect. Means the, the second half of the show in the top five this week mellow. is going to be, uh, I need to mellow out after my, my domination of uh, dominating the conversation with dinner in America. I need to slow down. Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash TFE, and you'll get that 50% off your first order with free shipping if you go to feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash TFE to become a member and get that 50% off automatically taking off your first order with free shipping, fields.com slash TFV. Welcome back to the program. We've talked about Anderson's favorite film of the last six or seven years. No, it really, it really is. Like, if it was eligible for I'm last so, year, I'm I so glad. It, I'm so glad. I hear white noise. Oh, you, you moved the plug. Uh, we can't have Yeah, this. I can hear nothing. I hear no, no, it's, it's hear you, nothing. Avery. It's you. It's going what? so well. Ironically. Yeah, if we, if we had, this would, would have been my number one last year. And now, there might be some recency bias. Let's see if it sticks. It's only been, like, you know, six days since I've seen this thing, but I've seen it twice now, and, uh, I'll probably watch. I watched part of it on the way over here. I, I'm glad to know like to that my that. my radar is finally attuned because I I was watching this. Be like, this is the most Anderson movie I've seen in quite some time. He he's going to love it. Can I be honest? Was that? I was a little disappointed when you sent me a text and said very Anderson movie. I'm like, ah, that means he's not gonna he's not gonna like it because he's oh. got in his head that it's an Anderson movie. No, unlike you, I'm actually able to enjoy things that you like. Mm. Well, because I like good things, so it's, I must be oh, easy. Oh, see, that must be it. What is happening? I have the worst toothache, man. Hopefully this feels takes care of a little bit. Yeah, I got a terrible, and it's a uh, it's a Ruka now that I had done oh. last year, and it was going Same fine to a couple. Yeah, and it's yeah. got a bunch of metal. I believe you. And I think it's a it's a it's a Ruka now going bad. Oh, That's not good uh. when you spend thousands of dollars and then they're like, oh sorry, I gotta pull it. Didn't we uh, didn't we do a dentistry episode around your root canal? You may have. Sounds like us. Sounds like something yeah. we do. Speaking of body horror, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't want to get into, uh, I just talked a bunch. I, I, I got to take a break. I'm, I'm kicking my feet up, take, uh, doing some fields. Hey, for those of you who just heard the fields uh, uh, ad, um, what, what Anderson's better- Anderson's walking the walk. What better, yeah, what better uh, testimony than to listen to someone take one and uh, see how I, I change. And I, I will change, I, I promise you, over the next 90 minutes or so. I like it. Do you want me to talk about uh, You want me film? to change? What do you say? You like it. You should be like, no, stay yourself. Well, you, I don't think you're not going to be you. You're going to be a better version of you. Oh, uh, good save there, improved. Brad. Improved. Good save. Uh, I can't be worse. Uh, you want me to talk about a third film while you take a break? Enjoy your film? Yeah. I saw a film. A oh, so I saw that too. 
Maybe you did, although I kind of doubt it. This is a uh, documentary called Like a Rolling Stone, The Life and Times of Ben Fong Torres. You've been trying to talk about this one for a while. I really have, and uh, it's not gone well. 2022 documentary directed by Suzanne Kai. Suzanne. Suzanne, this is her debut film, uh, debut documentary feature film. 100% of Rotten Tomatoes, actually, 100%. That's right, better than Dinner in America. Well, I mean... If most of our audience is like you, you don't even have to say anything else. Like they've already, they turned this off and they're oh, watching yeah. it now. I mean, every human alive should watch this. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's what I mean. Percent. Yeah. What's your? You know what else film? is one hundred percent? What's your third film? Ink. Ink. Ink is one hundred percent. Brett. This is a, a Netflix uh, documentary, and uh, this is about Ben Fong Torres, as you might uh, under, as you might get from the title. Ink being one hundred percent. You you pray at the altar, and I and mm. I realize I'm dominant again. But you pray at the fucking altar, right? I do. I and uh, I let's say it's like Christianity to you, right? Ink being one hundred percent is akin to you finding out that uh, Jesus was like whoring out uh, Magdalene. He was the pimp. He was oh, the pimp. Wow. Yeah. It should it should have the same effect, but it's not seeming to have that effect. Uh, you know, Jesus wasn't infallible. He died for our sins. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. Just Thirty years of his life, I don't know about. Turn it turned out like there was a, there was a chapter from the Bible, Bible Lost, one of the books, and it, where it revealed his pimpingness. You're going to hell for that. You're upset, I've, I've been you're going to hell for a people. lot of things. That's true. Well, I'm saying, what if that did happen? I think I don't think we give Christians enough credit. I mean, they, so? could, they could hear that and be okay. They'd be like, well, that book doesn't exist. And everyone's just being an idiot. Who cares? Hmm. I hope that's the case. Yeah. Uh, so Ben Fong Torres, you might know, I'm talking to the listeners now because Anderson is uh, looking out the window. Uh, you might know Ben Fong Torres as... <laughs> Why did you sell me out? <laughs> what are you doing? Dude? You got jealous that you got to look out the window. <laughs> I'll ask you. I'll ask the window. Uh, you guys remember an almost famous when uh, young uh, Patrick Fujit, uh, the the main character, Fujit, Fujit. What did I say? Fujit. Yeah. Fujit. Uh, he. I remember he he. Um, he calls Rolling Stone basically to pitch. Or Rolling Stone calls him. I forgot how it works, but it's the Asian fellow on the phone who's he's constantly communicating with. Mm-hmm. That is Ben Fong Torres. Oh, okay. That is a a uh, fictionalized version of the right. man. Not that far off, it turns out, because he was uh, apparently very fond of saying heavy. Or or no, what did he say? Not heavy. He said, oh fuck, not groovy. That's Carano. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Far, he, far he had his, out. He has, it was one of those. Far out, man. Yeah, it was one of those. Fuck, I didn't write it down. Anyway, uh, he, he's a longtime writer. He was like a founding writer for Rolling Stone. And uh, this is his life and times. It starts off, uh, you know, Summer of Love. He was super influenced. That's when Rolling Stone came out in the late 60s. Uh, he was one of the original writers. And he bristles at being called a rock critic. He's like, I'm not a rock critic. I'm an interviewer or a writer or whatever. And one of the things... One of the things that he has done, speaking of, sorry about that smack, uh, he has done over his years, over his years in writing, is keep all of the cassette tapes of the original interviews, and we get to hear literally him talking to Jim Morrison and Ray Charles and Elton John and Linda Ronstadt. Pays to be a hoarder sometimes. Yeah, it does. I mean, we get all these, you know, very. Uh, that's kind of the hook of the film. It's like, oh, yeah, you're going to hear Paul McCartney talk about Wings or the Beatles in 1970 or 71 or whatever. Tina Turner when she was with Ike Turner. It, it, it is kind of. That part is kind of magical, um, and his life is very interesting. He was very, very close friends with Andy Leibovitz. That's how she became hooked up with the uh, magazine. She was in his wedding. Uh, his brother was murdered. It's a, it's a, it's a very oddly fascinating life that, that doesn't involve music all the time. Is hmm. a Rolling Stone. You're really calm down. Look, at it's you. a music doc. Is what it's it is. not. I was waiting it for you to say it. Absolutely is. 
How can it not be? You hear Rolling Stone, you think music doc. Because Rolling Stone magazine is known primarily for music. Arts and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Mainly music. Arts and Music heavy. Entertainment Weekly, what do you think of? uh, Entertainment. Lifestyle. Weeks. Movies. Yeah. Weekly entertainment. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they do a lot. They they try and, you know, use a broad... They're they're defunct. I mean, they're still online. They got an online presence. But but, yeah, they don't cut trees down to uh, get the word out. But yeah, they, they try and you know broaden the horizon, bring in more people to, to buy subscriptions by having other things, but it's it's movie heavy. Cameron Crowe makes an appearance, as you would probably guess. Uh, That's and weird. The, and it's pretty odd, but he's there anyway. And I will say this, the musicians- For those who, who might not know, like Almost Famous, he, Patrick Fugit, which Brian cited earlier, is playing- uh, Cameron Crowe, essentially. It's, mm. it's a Cameron Proxy. Crow. Yeah. Proxy. Uh, yes, and uh, the musicians are kind of the least interesting part. Like, you know, the, the, the archive tapes, while while um, kind of a treasure in that it's, you know, rare, and it's like, oh my God, it's John Lennon. Uh, there, it, it, the, his life and the twists and turns that it took, and especially he goes on about, uh, there's a lot of stuff about being an Asian American in the late 60s and early 70s. George and, Dekai in here. George Takei, George Takei is not in here. Huh. Not that I remember. Hmm. Which means he probably is. No, I mean, you can't miss George Takei. You can't miss George, no. Takei, 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 like gay. Right. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, 100% feels a little bit much, but this is a movie I think everyone can agree is good. It's like one of those where you're like, no one's going to love this movie, but everyone's going to like this movie. Like everyone sees, I don't think anyone's going to have a serious quibble with this. Like, oh, it wasn't good or it wasn't well made. Three no, stars. Well, that's the 100%. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Three stars. I think everyone can agree this is somewhere between three and four. That's the problem with Rotten Tomatoes is uh, 100% could be a three-star movie. I know. It's, it's odd because you see 100%. You're like, oh, universally beloved. It's like, no, universally uh, you know, liked. <sighs> I would not assign this to you. Okay. You find it interesting, but I, this is not, I wouldn't waste a pick on this. And, you know, it doesn't shock me that the musicians were the least interesting because. Uh, see, that's how you know it wasn't a music doc because he's not going to assign it to you. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> that's, that's a valid point. That's, that's the that best is, test. That is the that greatest the test. Observation. You're absolutely correct. Uh, Maybe Avery, thank you. No, don't try and prove a point, Brian. <laughs> but yeah, music, musicians are, they're in their own head. A lot of them are lone wolves. Well, you, you know, know from Loveline. But from Loveline, I would just be like, oh, Christ, we're having those guys on. Typically and the least interesting. The majority, you'd ma- get like vast a, majority of them were just uninteresting. Yeah. You'd get like here and there someone who kind of popped. But more more often than not, it was like ugh, another fucking band. Yeah, Goldfinger was great. Uh, I don't want to start naming names because then I'm going to leave people mm-hmm. off. But like one of my favorite guests of all time, Insane Clown Posse, they're arguably musicians. Pooh City. Arguably. That's not. Uh, Fletcher, I'm saying he was a good guest. No, he was not. He was a shit guest. He was a horrible guest. He was either trying to blow memorable, us up. Memorable. Or he would come back with a scowl on his face and uh, be very, very upset. Oh, my God. I've, I've, I've ruined my son. We're talking about it. I've ruined my son. Oh, yeah? No, yeah, because he came back. He, he was on after Poo Poo City, Fletcher from Pennywise. It was probably on two or three times, and he was just grumpy because he wasn't allowed to drink, and he just sat there like a big slug, not saying anything, and the, the rest of the band couldn't couldn't carry the torch, so it's just like another fucking boring Love Line night. God, I hate a guest on Love Line. We're going to start having guests on this show. <laughs> <laughs> small doses, though. Small doses. You, you can't have a, a guest on the entire. Select. So I, I, Atticus, I've been doing this thing with my with my boy where you know we're driving and uh, he's in the back in the car seat and I'll see him just staring off and I'll say, hey, what are you thinking about? And usually, majority of the time, it's like wondering when my Ghostbusters, you know, firehouse is coming because like mom bought him a firehouse, a Ghostbusters oh, nice. firehouse 
for Christmas. Oh, with the little slide or the yeah, little with pole? the little slide. Yeah, yeah. She and she foolishly told him about it, and uh, it still has not arrived. Got it for him Christmas. It's uh, June. Yeah. Yeah, that's like six years away in his time. I, <laughs> I know. It's like it's so far away. It's like 20% of his life. Yeah. I know. Like if you told me in five years, something good's going to happen. I used to do that shit. Uh, we took him to Disneyland. And this is, I'm sorry, I'm off-roading here. Feels has not kicked in yet. Uh, we took him to Disneyland when he was six weeks old because we still had our season passes. And we're like, fuck it. It was about to expire. So we're like, let's take the six-week-old there. Why not? So we took him on uh, It's a Small World, which is like an impossibly long ride. It's like 16 minutes it's like or something. like an acid trip. And I did the math for like how long he was alive and how long that trip would have been to me. And it was like a three week fucking cruise. (laughs) 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 He was six weeks old and 16 minutes at the time was like equivalent of six, uh, like three weeks. It was like 8% of his life. So he's pretty good to see the whole world in three weeks. He saw the whole world. Yeah. In very, very quick time. It was, it was, what's interesting was he was, it was the first time he was actually focusing in on anything and looking at shit. It was really weird. I still have pictures of him. Uh, you know, we printed out because it was the first time he was actually aware of shit around him. You know, nice. He's a, he a newborn. Yeah, he's a little boy. Uh, so he's looking out the window of the den. I'm like, hey, hey, buddy, what are you, what are you thinking about? And he goes, I'm thinking about that guy um, in that Pennywise group who wanted to beat, beat you up. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, what? How, how does he know the story? I told him the fucking story. I guess well, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm going to have to blame here. <laughs> I told him the story about I was at a like a Halloween punk rock show and uh, it was a K rock related show and everyone was dressed up and I I saw a guy dressed up like like Fletcher and I said look at that douche dressed up like Fletcher and it was Fletcher <laughs> and he turned around and said what and I'm like uh and then he started coming towards me and I bolted out a door and I told that story to Atticus and I have no idea why the irony is you're telling my daughter now uh, she doesn't care she's a girl yeah. she's smarter than to care about That's stupid right. stories she knows, she knows better. <laughs> All right. Um, I can't do this next flick fashion with your daughter in, in the <laughs> room. Again. Hey, Tessa, someone wanted to be Anderson or not? Mm-hmm. I, but I, I, the way that I got to talk about crimes of the future uh, is I, I can't. Oh, no, please don't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it with young ears in the room. Uh, crimes of the future, a uh, David Cronenberg movie. Uh, his mer- first movie, I guess, since Maps to the Stars, right? Uh, oh, wow. Right. It's been a while. He he had planned on hanging it up. He didn't want to direct anymore. He didn't feel the need to direct anymore. He thought that he was. He just thought gonna, he said it all. Kind of, yeah. And he's getting up there in age, right? And you know, movie, he making movies to me. is arduous. And uh, he was a producer, kind of got in his ear and uh, suggested that he he take another uh, look at uh, a script that he had written some time ago. Cronenberg was just kind of in in the mode of wanting to retire uh, and and write another novel. He's also a, an author, seventy nine uh, years old, and uh, he kind of got talked into this one. And the movie is not good. Uh, it has a lot to say, some of which I can't access. I'm not smart enough, probably, to quite pick up everything he's trying to put down. But uh, there's definitely multiple meanings going on. He's, a, he's attacking the art world. Uh, but here's the, the story. Uh, you see uh, Kid Dick in it as well. I should I should, oh. I should, uh, should have said that. What's it called? Like six-year-old, seven-year-old Kid Dick. It's like, well, really? That's, that's how... So ultimately, ultimately, like... All right, I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, it opens up with an amazing scene, and I just realized I have not done the research to see if this was CGI. I don't think it was. I the think you actually dick? found, no, the, the opening scene involves <laughs> a kid. Easy, buddy. <laughs> and uh, it's on a shore. It looks like Italy, and I, I think they might have just shot. God, Avery, can they you do CGI'd me a favor? the shot of Italy, wasn't it? No, so it opens up with a kid 
digging in like the gravel sand like on the shore at an ocean shore like in the mediterranean and uh there is a giant cruise ship uh, on its side that is a wreck and i think there is a cruise ship out that way and i think that they might have actually shot on location uh, which is very impressive and it's the best shot of the movie by far it's Something to behold. And that's the opening shot. And that's the opening oh, shot. No. And then it's all kind of downhill. And I feel like a dick saying that because he's a 70-year-old man. And this is this is him returning to uh, peak Cronenberg in the sense that you know, his body horror. So it's supposed to be a dystopian future. Uh, where we got uh, Viggo Mortensen, uh, he, he's got some uh, body issues. Uh, some some things turn out to be growing inside of him. Tumors oh. are growing. Everyone's uh, growing tumors inside of them these days, uh, and it's okay because we have become impervious to uh, infection and um, uh, a pain. We don't feel pain anymore. We're evolving. Uh, it, it's got shades of. Waterworld a little bit as far as like what what's happening to the earth and we're adapting uh, and uh, through evolution which it's absurd if if you recall he had gills there in the old water world which That's true. it doesn't happen quite that quickly is this it based on true story it's not uh, so it's it's the not too distant future but there's a lot of analog stuff if you've seen Existence this feels like Existence two uh, to some degree uh, where you know machines and biology are fused and like he sleeps uh, Viggo Mortensen sleeps in this bed that's supposed to be able it's it's uh, a biologically uh engineered uh bed that straps into him with like tentacles oh. and it's that's a, another great scene or shot that happens early in the movie you can't really tell it i've got by hr giger vibes for sure it looked it looked good the whole movie looked good it's just what was on the screen i didn't want to look at uh but yeah actually the poster has him sleeping in that bed when it's supposed to be able to anticipate your moves so that you're like floating essentially and you don't have a rough night's sleep um especially that that's important if you have the, these these issues uh, growing inside of you because i guess the only time that he would feel pain and he was kind of an outlier was when he was sleeping okay but he loved the pain right so people are performing surgeries on street corners uh surgery is the new sex um which he definitely explores uh, just how far he could go with that and knowing that david cronenberg is the 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 father of body horror and the mm. the apex body horror master here i'm like oh christ he's he's gearing up to do something really really hardcore mm. uh with people don't feel pain anymore everyone's growing oh, tumors boy. uh he is with um Viggo mortensen is with leah sidhu sidhu uh who we know from is blue is the warmest yeah. color and uh, no time to man. die yeah and she is like his partner and they're performance artists and oh. They, uh, they use this old machine, which was an autopsy machine. It's old, but it's you know new to us because it's the future. It's a new distant future. See. But it's this pod type sarcophagus, which is all HR geared out and like bio, biological. And it was used to perform uh, autopsies. This all sounds fairly interesting, right? I'll say this is a fascinating concept. And their performance art uh, revolves around him going to this machine and she's performing the, the, the surgery with blades. Uh, well, she, she remote controls this contraption and it cuts them open and removes uh, tumors. Okay. And now you get the government involved too. There's Does this, this work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't feel the pain. Actually, he's in ecstasy I mean, as it's happening. Does it work in real life? No, because this is the future, Brian, okay. and this is a made-up movie. It's a fictional movie. Do you watch this with Jillian? No, 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 no we're not. Either. I was, I was sorry. I was watching it with me. I really wanted to leave the theater a number of times. 
Um, so there's the National Oregon Registry, uh, which what it's called, and that's where we, we see uh, Kristen, Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Uh, she's one of the, uh, uh, the the women that, that she's one of the. It's a two hander. It's it's her and uh, uh, what's his name? There you go. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. There you go. So. Oh, it's Don McKellar. So the, it's those two who are writing the uh, the Oregon Registrar. Oh, I see. And you have to have any new uh, organs like uh, tattooed, uh, which you can do like inside the, the body. Number? Yeah, just to, to make sure that uh, it's registered and it's been accounted for because people are trying to do uh, naughty things with the... Uh, with the the organs and it's about us adapting to plastic uh which he was really wrapped up in i guess when he wrote this like nearly 20 years ago and uh it's you know more uh relevant now than ever before so it opens up with this kid by this cruise ship did you were able to find out if it didn't look like i they kept referencing the cruise ship but just as part of the story so i'm gonna say it's probably not a real location i feel like somebody would have it looks so good it looks so good it looks so real got me but i will say you're not alone i I found the headline Kristen stewart had no idea what crimes of the future was about while making the movie (laughs) yeah and she got very little direction from all accounts i guess cronenberg is the undirector's director like he doesn't direct uh actors unless they're doing something wrong which he rarely thinks they are and he should have with this because there was plenty of actors I felt were doing wrong things. Now, uh, Kristen Stewart, I did not buy her character at all at first, but then as the movie went on, I'm like, oh, I really like what she's doing. It was actually quite funny. There was a lot of very dry particular humor in this one that I didn't find particularly funny, but I could tell he thought it was funny. Uh, and certain people will. This movie opens up with this kid by this cruise ship. Sorry to go back and forth, guys. I'm all over the place. We talked about uh, this. And then he goes inside where his mom is, and he proceeds to eat a trash can waste bin right next to a grimy uh, uh, toilet in this grimy bathroom. And she's very upset by it. She's like, stop eating that. And there's like this white paste coming out of his mouth as he silently eats this uh, plastic trash bin. And then, <laughs> and then he's he's like a seven-year-old boy. And then he's laying in bed, and uh, mom comes with a pillow. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to watch child murder. Like, it didn't used to affect me, but now it does. And uh, there we go. We see the kid get murdered, which sucks. And, uh, and then we go to Yargos. Uh, not Yargos. We go to- uh, <laughs> Yargos Lanthos. Well, Yar- there's a Yargos in this. <laughs> Yargos Parapasopoulos. He might be Greek. <laughs> and then we go to uh, Vigo uh, Mortensen, who- Throughout the entire movie, we see him enter yeah. in, with a cloak. There's two Yorgoses. Yeah. There's Yorgos Karamihos and Yorgos Persephonopoulos. We see Vigo uh, enter scenes wearing a mask like over his face, like uh, and, and he has a hood. He almost looks like a Grim Reaper. Uh, and then he removes it uh, after being in the new location. This happens time and time and time again. And it was just like, okay, when is Vigo going to remove his mask? Uh, this, this movie was, was not good. This is a two and a half star movie at best. Uh, I, I feel like it it might have been good in the right hands, which sounds weird because it's his property, but it just felt very half baked mm-hmm. and kind of like, like, all right, I'll do this movie if you want me to. Took three years apparently to get funded. And then by the time it's funded, it's like, you, yeah, I, I, I did not. Scott Speedman's also in the, I can't, I can't recommend this movie really to anyone. Yeah, my roommates are going to see it this weekend, and I have no interest. Yeah, you shouldn't. I mean, there's better, much better movies to catch uh, out there. Top Gun. Let's see Top Gun again. I mean, there's some there's some interesting imagery, some interesting ideas. Maybe if you're small, way smarter than I am, uh, you might pick up on some of like he, he's attacking the art world. Uh, he said there is one line that was very funny, which is uh, about propaganda. Oh, I'm glad I brought this up. 
It's, it was about propaganda. So, so impressed himself. No, I just I almost forgot. And I really want to talk about this. Uh, it was about propaganda mainstream movies. Glasses not there, Avery. <laughs> I took gone. my glasses off because they were fogging up. Because uh, so he used to, uh, Vigo's character is talking about propaganda movies or you know pop culture, like you know, you know disposable movies. And I'm thinking, oh my god, like they're making fun of Maverick, which is I can hear it next door. I, I, I can feel the rumble. I can feel the rumble, and they're. I don't think they had any idea that it was going to be played at the same, you know, come out in, in the same weekend. You don't know that when you're shooting a movie, but I'm like, oh, it's very, uh, I propose old Brian would have said. I would never say it like that. All right. Um, before we end the show, please. I'm glad that I, I, I thought of this and I'm not going to credit the, uh, the listener cause that would take work on my part, but Why somebody, somebody pointed out to me somewhere yeah. that, uh, this is fucking scary shit guys. And I've not done the research on this either, but, uh, you've seen Top Gun there, Avery. Yeah. 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 Maverick, they're, they were outgunned, right? Those fifth generations. Fifth generations. Fucking fifth generations. Now, Andrew Martin, friend of the show, friend of mine, uh, suggested that this was propaganda. And uh, I didn't really see a whole lot of propaganda in this movie while watching it. And somebody sent me an email. Well, first of all, I got some from the military who said, hey, I hope this is propaganda because that first Top Gun did a whole lot of good work for us. And <laughs> yeah, uh, we need more. The Miranda writes, he's like, first of all, yeah, fifth you generation one, right? fighter. Yeah, that's the one I sent you. Did you send me another one? I think that's the only one that I saw was where the guy just went, I think I just sent it to you and forwarded it as with the heading Top Gun Reveal. Here, here's the new, the, the next email I got. This is scary shit. He's like, this guy says, here's Same what. guy? No, different guy. This Top Gun is absolutely propaganda, and here's why. Oh, God. We do have fifth generation aircraft. We still have the best technology I've heard by this. far. But this movie is to get the rabble rousters and... The, 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 the uninitiated, the people who don't know any better. Oh, it's only increased budget To be like, we need to, yeah. we need to beat we this unknown enemy. We should have sixth generation. How dare And like willingly, you know, sign wow. petitions and whatnot. Holy fuck. I didn't even think about that. Neither did I. It's really mobilizing the, uh, the morons out there. I immediately, the same weekend that came out, was on Reddit and I was getting ads for the Navy of join for their, their flight school and this, this, and that. So they're pushing. Did, I, you, did you just sign up? Yeah, this is my last right, show. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> I signed, I, I, I actually co contacted the IRS and, and said, can, can I please be put in another bracket? Because uh, we need more money for defense. Oh, yeah. Can you bump me up? I could not believe this mm -hmm. unnamed enemy had fifth generations. I was so pissed. They almost killed Tom Cruise. Take more. <laughs> they did. It's equivalent to like somebody like my neighbor having an iPhone 13 and I got like a 12. You know, fuck that. I have to have the best. I must have the 14. I must uh, have the 14. It's not yes, sir. I want it. <laughs> I want to be like I just Sharpies on 15. <laughs> Cross out. <laughs> I am kind of surprised that uh, iPhones don't just like put the number in giant. They, they must You think so. I feel like that's, I'm convinced that's why they keep changing the orientation of the cameras on the back. So yeah, you have some way sure. to tell. Yeah. I remember somebody like uh, they, one of the generations came out and it looked exactly like the last generation and somebody tweeted something along the lines like, how am I going to make my friends jealous of me having the latest model? I, how, how do I do this? But yes, uh, apparently that's where the, the subtle propaganda lies. I don't know. I'm just going off. An that's email a long way to go, but. Kind of genius. We must have better planes than this nameless, spaceless enemy. All right. So if you've learned anything from this episode, it's Dinner in America is the greatest film maybe ever made. <laughs> God damn it. I love that movie. I feel like that's an over oversell. It just, it's, it lined up in so many ways. Just to reiterate, like the, the characters were there. It never took itself too seriously, but then it, it pulled it all together with a really tight, fun, interesting narrative. 
that I liked it much more forward. than I thought I would. So I, I while I don't share your unbridled enthusiasm, I like I did like the movie a lot. I loved a couple of the reveals. You kind of gave one away. We'll talk more about it in the spoilers, but uh, I really I loved the real reveals. They were so satisfying. so satisfying. And ultimately it's it's that thing I'm a sucker for where it's somebody who's can kind of take care of himself and you know, he's, he's tough and he, he takes somebody who can't under their wing and then kind of teaches them the ropes. I fucking love that. I love that. Kind of the story of the show. Like I, I would get in fights all the time and not that I'm some kind of hero. I'm just a pab, but I cannot see like, you know, kids getting bullied and stuff. So I would get beat up all the time by bullies by interfering. I, I fucking couldn't stand it. And that's kind of what this movie all boils down to. Right. Mm. Yeah. 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 I liked uh, um, maybe Shithouse a little bit more, but these are two good movies. Shithouse has wider appeal for sure. So you I think did, so? Yeah, yeah. Shithouse. Shithouse is a coming of age. Uh, yeah, you know, you know what? Yes. As it stands up to Dinner America, sure. The, these are both pretty Hey, if the wife was on, slice. if the wife was in the room, we were eating in and out, and I put on uh, Shithouse, uh, and she would not have batted an eye. She, she might have actually liked it. Mm. It has much wider appeal. Thanks, Alex Simpson, for assigning a shithouse. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the movies uh, mentioned today. Thanks to Parker Projection uh, for being our featured artist this week. Check them out, AndersonandBrian.com. Uh, and again, Alex, we appreciate you and everyone who assigns us films, good or bad, although we frankly enjoy the good ones more. Uh, check us out, AndersonandBrian.com. Tyler Mayer, we love you. And uh, Ink was interesting. I'm glad that I'd seen it, even if I didn't like it. Even Anderson and Brian. It's 100% though, so Brian loved it. I loved it. It was the best film I've ever seen. Tied with a few others. 100%. Instagram is Anderson and Brian. Facebook is The Film Vault. Twitter is The Film Vault. Thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. We appreciate you guys. Giovanni, Jordan Wolf, Mitch Burns, and of course, Mike Cole. We appreciate all of you. Uh, Avery's here, so I guess I have to mention Invade the Decade. Oh, and I do have a show to plug. Oh, like a live show? Yes, nice. I do. It's actually, as the listener's hearing this, it is tonight in the listener's mind. It's going to be on June 8th. It's at a new comedy club, uh, and the entire cast of Invade the Decade will be there along with Dean Del Rey. Ooh, Dean. One uh, of Bill Burr's best friends. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, tomorrow. It's going to be June 8th at 8 p.m. at uh, The Crow. So you can go to uh, After the Beep Comedy on Instagram. That's After the B-E-P Comedy on Instagram to get tickets. Should Where's get The Crow? Where is the it's crow? in Santa Monica. Because I went to a crow in Long Beach years ago. This is brand new. Huh. Really? Just is it this a month. comedy club? Is it a comedy club? Or? Brand new. Why are you guys going to be there? Because we're fucking uh, going to heckle, dude. <laughs> got to break some bottles. That's right. You got to sit in the front row. I was making a joke suggesting that he's, he's not it's comedic enough comedy, to be at a comedy. I understand. See that. the joke that I made? That's good. We were in the, the comedy. Remember, weren't we in the comedy section on iTunes at first? I'm like, well, that was the first time we fired Logan. We're like, Logan, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> no, that was Donnie. <laughs> Donnie put us in the comedy section? I am. I remember having this conversation. Nah. Nah. But the explanation was, oh, more people look in the comedy section. I was like, yes, for comedy. <laughs> Imagine shopping for apples and you get a banana and you don't like bananas. We should put uh, a Fiat right in the middle of Ralph's. A lot of people are- A lot of people go there. Sh- yeah, more way more than- More people go to Ralph's will go to that Fiat car, dealership. Yeah, exactly. He might be onto something. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back into comedy. Uh, next uh, episode. Thanks, you guys. Till next time. We do it for Van Gogh. Thank you.